All right, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this week's edition of Roundabout Sports, presented by Interstate 70 Sports Media, where our passion is our profession. Thank you so much for tuning in, folks. I am the maestro, Jeremy Carpenter. Alongside me is our special guest host for the evening. He is the host of Issues with Wrestling with Chris, Issues of Wrestling with Christopher Miles, the one, the only man himself, everyone's favorite heel referee, Christopher Miles. Mm. First of all, thanks for having me. You know, I got some big shoes to fill with James being out. And uh, second of all, not a heel. <laughs> right down the middle every single time. Yeah, the tell it to the booze that uh, rain through the crowd when you walk out before every match. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, yes, James is not here, folks. He is taking time off due to health issues and other personal reasons. And we send our outmost love and support to you hollywood i mean you mean so much to us you're like a brother to me man we love you we're praying for you and stay strong through all this okay um with that said the show always must go on and we got quite the show to talk about this evening uh chris Absolutely. and so a lot has happened over the past few Days. I mean, first off, we're just a few days away from the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 56. Mm -hmm. And then last night we have LeBron James passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the most points scored in NBA history regular season. I mean, he has the record if you talk about postseason. He's over 2,000 points ahead of, yeah. uh, in second place. And, of course, there's a lot that goes into that. A lot of mm -hmm. discussion, and we're gonna be—we're thankful we're gonna have uh, Andrew Henson on later to talk about that. We also are gonna shortly provide an update on Jerry the King Lawler following a stroke he had suffered a couple nights ago, and we will also be delving into—and I—I can't believe this is even a real thing. It is—I don't know why, but. Um, Jim Bone recently released his proposal for a realignment of the Major League Baseball teams. Absolutely ridiculous. If, if the teams were to expand to um, 32 in the league, which I'm not against that. I mean, there isn't really a problem there. But what he's proposing, and like I said, we'll get to that in a few minutes. So first thing we're going to talk about is about Jerry Lawler. Um, and it was reported to us uh, yesterday morning that Jerry the King Lawler suffered a massive stroke and that he remains hospitalized, but signs are looking good. Now, the 73-year-old Hall of Famer, he's expecting to make a full recovery. His speech is limited. Um Chris, what can you tell me about the latest? Well, I mean, originally it was looking pretty grim. You did Meltzer saying, hey, everybody say a prayer. And you had all the people on Twitter coming out and so on support. So, I mean, the prognosis has improved somewhat. But you said you said limited speech. He doesn't have a very good feeling on his right side, if any at all. And uh, I'm sorry, but this might be the final indication that Jerry needs to, you know, go home. Yeah, and I think that's something, you know, he recently just accomplished a rare feat, I believe, wrestling in seven different decades, mm -hmm. um, which 
is just an unheard of. I don't remember if it was seven or six, but it's still, regardless, it is just unheard of to accomplish in professional wrestling. And, you know, he he suffered the uh, heart attack on Live Monday on Raw, Raw. Yeah. Live on Raw back in 2012. Um, and he made a comeback, you know, made it back to behind the broadcast booth. It and was, in the it ring. was, yeah, and in the ring. And it was during that time he had a career resurgence. He, you know, he wrestled for the WWE title. Like, uh, that was before the heart attack, but yes. But no, I mean, around that yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 time, yeah. Yes, he yes. was experiencing a career resurgence. And, you know, now, like I said, he's 73 years old. He's a fixture at wrestling conventions, um, mm-hmm. and a lot of events here in St. Louis, especially. Um, and of course, he is a mainstay in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, he's the king. He is the king. So, you know, things are looking on the up and up. But, yes, mm-hmm. it is definitely – it's unfor- It's so sad this happened. Um, but it is also an indicator, like you said, that he might – this might have to be the last hurrah when it comes to actually being an active competitor. Because the last thing we hate seeing or the last thing we like seeing is our heroes crawling to the ring. Ric Flair's last match. (laughs) That was, like I said, yeah, last thing we want to see. Yeah. And that's exactly what we saw with Ric Flair's last match. You you just have have to know when it's time. And this is his own mortality, mother nature, whatever you want to call it, telling Jerry, hey, um, I gave you a heart attack, the stroke now. Chill out, sir. Right. Um, so yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's a mess. Yeah. I mean, of course, all the best to, to Jerry and those that care about him and the fans and everyone that's worried right now. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so with that, we are going to now segue to the latest in major league baseball proposals that make no sense whatsoever. And I'm going to give you the floor on this one for a second while I take care of something technical-wise. Okay. But MLB has released a proposal. or It's not MLB, but it's from um, Jim Bowden's proposed realignment. Now, there's been talk about expansion teams in Major League Baseball. Um, Nashville, Charlotte, you know, even Montreal, they thought of bringing a team back. Yes. Um, But... Okay, just just tell me right now, what's the number one problem we have here that you can notice? From for me especially, the Cardinals and the Cubs are in different divisions. That doesn't jive. Yeah, you cannot separate perhaps the two greatest rivals of all time. And and I'm sorry, but the Cardinals in the Southwest Division that no, that makes no sense. All right. Well, it, this is what I don't get. How are the Brewers in the um freaking? I, it's just none of this makes sense. No, he's in the Midwest. The Brewers are in the Midwest division, yet they are more north than any of the teams. Well, aside <laughs> from the Blue Jays, that are in the North division. Yes, it's it's just it's, and you know what? I I have no problem with MLB expansion. 
I love baseball. No. But figure out figure out what you're doing with Oakland and Tampa before you expand, please. Well, you know, the first thing I would do is simple. I mean, the A's are going to be probably moving to um, Vegas. Yes. Because the next thing, the last thing you need is another Oakland team moving to Vegas. <laughs> oh, that would be just. I don't know if there's ever been a, a city that lost teams to the same city before. You know, I'm I'm trying to think of an instance. I was gonna say, I mean, the Rams are the only team that's moved there from St. Louis is the Rams. Yeah. You know, you don't have the Los Angeles Cardinals, so <laughs> um, thank God for that. Yeah. But I mean. I Okay, but I'll say this about the post realignment: uh, getting rid of the AL and the NL and going West Coast, West Conference, Eastern Conference. I don't like geographical separation in sports. I like the model that the Major League Baseball uses now and the NFL uses, where it's you know you can have division rivals or conference rivals in the same city. I mean, you could realistically see an all New York Super Bowl. You could realistically see a uh, an all LA. Or you could you, you could see an all LA, you know, World Series. You know, yeah. and just to take that away, the possibility of that happening, the the, the crosstown rivalries, just come on, man. It's, we've been doing this for how long? I love the American League. I, I hate the fact that the National League has a DH, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> but if if you take away what well, you know, the NL and the AL, you're ruining a lot of history. And it just just for the sake of a couple more teams and geographic symmetry, it doesn't make sense to me. No, it really doesn't. And first off, can we also take an an account at how atrocious the um? And where is it? Look at the Mid Atlantic Division. Oh yeah, those would be that would be oh that would be horrible games to watch. Yeah, like. No, thank you. Yeah. So, yes. And for those that are trying to tune in on our Facebook stream at Interstate 70 Sports Media, I apologize. There has been a bit of a technical issue that I am currently trying to work on. But, you know, one of these these things happens. So the wonders of modern technology, the wonders of modern technology and how much it likes to be a pain in the ass. Um. So so what, what what would your kind of proposal be if we're going to do realignment? What would you do? If we're going to do realignment, I mean, this is the thing, and we should be back on, by the way, folks. But if I'm going to do the realignment of MLB teams, so we take a look here at what we got. Okay, so you see, you look at the Southwest. Well, first off, there ain't no way the Cardinals are in the Southwest. No, I the only one I actually don't mind are the West and the Pacific Coast. Mm -hmm. Those I really don't mind. Yeah. Um. And, go ahead. I mean, it, it would be somewhat cool to have the Astros back as a rival because all those years of being in the Central and the same division. But no, nah, no nah, thanks. No, like the Midwest to me, you move put the Cardinals in the Midwest, put the Twins somewhere i don't know <laughs> i hell i don't just 
no, no, yeah, I mean, no, it, no, no, no. <laughs> if if you're if both of the teams, because because right now we're we're what are we even or are we two over for the NL in teams? We are even. Even for any okay, so both it's teams, gonna, it's the same amount of teams in each league. All right, so if, if we're gonna two expansion teams, if it's if it ends up being Charlotte and Nashville, one NL, one AL, both in the central, and we're done. Right. Or if you put central, you could put if uh, Charlotte's the uh, NL team, put them in the NL East. Yeah, I just. Or better yet, just get rid of the Rays or move them to Montreal, and I'll be happy. But see, but then then I have my Expos jersey, and that wouldn't be as cool anymore because I couldn't wear it. Because I only wear St. Louis teams and defunct teams. So, I mean. Hey, by the way, speaking of quick side note, have you gotten your Cleveland Barons jersey yet? Yes. What? No, yeah. you didn't. Yes, I did. With the you... Ohio with the Ohio symbol and the numbers in it. Yes, I have. Oh my God. I can't believe it. Folks, um, Christopher Miles here is a huge, huge uh, Jersey collector. And we talked a few weeks ago. And one thing we had talked about was the Cleveland Barons, the defunct NHL team. Mm -hmm. And somehow he actually got one. I'll be damned. Well, because uh, this started was like, I bet you don't have a California Seals and a Cleveland Barons jersey. And I go, well, actually, I do have a Seal. And I showed him the Seals jersey. He's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, gosh. I was able to find a reasonably priced Cleveland Barons replica, and I picked it up. Well, there you go. I love the, it. One team I'm still looking for, but, you know. <sighs> Well, folks, I'm telling you, I like I said, we experienced some technical difficulties earlier for those who were trying to tune into our stream on the Facebook page of Interstate 70 Sports Media and our YouTube channel. We should have that up now. And with that, we're going to our first main topic of the evening, and we really want to hear from you on this, folks. Um, so last night, LeBron James made history, and I should say on February 7th, for those that will eventually play this back, he passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar arguably one of the greatest of all time for the most points scored in NBA history. Three 38,387 was the mark that he LeBron reached. And this is the big thing. And we're about to have Andrew Henson on to talk about this. Um, Kareem held this record for 38 years. Mm -hmm. This was not a record that was supposed to be broken. They say all records are meant to be broken. Yeah. This was not one of them. Kareem's most point scored record was like secured in a vault at Fort Knox of what was not meant to be broken. Just like Rocky Marciano's undefeated boxing record. And then Floyd Mayweather broke that. So let me ask you this, and this is an important question about the longevity of that record. If MJ had not gone and played baseball for two years. Would he be breaking MJ's record right now? Well, there's only one person that can answer that better <laughs> than I could. I'll tell you that much, folks. And it is my pleasure to have him on. He is a he. He knows more about basketball than both uh, Chris and I combined. I'll tell you that. That's much. not saying much, but all it, right. Well, for you, it's not. <laughs> You know what? You're right. Not even for me, but he knows a hell of a lot of basketball and he's been following it his whole life. 
um, on and off the court, I'll tell you that much. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure to have on my dear friend, Andrew Henson. How's it going? I'm doing all right, Andrew. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Before we get into LeBron and Kareem, we got to give a big shout out to Russell Westbrook real quick. Russell Westbrook, he became, he hit his 9,000th mark in assists last night, as well as becoming 10th all-time in assists. People have been sleeping on Russell Westbrook. They ain't giving him his love. Shout out to Russell Westbrook, y'all. There you go. They're not giving Russ his love for two reasons. Number one, (laughs) LeBron overshadowed everything yesterday. And number two, the Lakers lost to the Thunder. And, and, you know, (laughs) we've talked about this before, about how much an achievement uh, matters in a win or or a loss. You know, Wilt Chamberlain's 100-point game, for example, you know, it was more significant because he actually had to – um, if he didn't score 100 points that game, they would have lost big time. You know, the Warriors only won that game, I think, 147 to 139. Um, yeah, it was crazy close. So, and then you had mentioned to me yesterday about Donovan Mitchell. Versus and, Devin Booker, right? Versus Devin Booker. And Devin how, Booker, they both scored like 70 and 73 or something. Yeah. But Devin Booker lost. Devin Booker lost, which I well, believe is the record for the most points scored by a single player in a loss. Well, I mean, you could you could look at the uh, Golden State Warriors a few years ago when they broke this uh, the uh, yep. record for most wins in the season, but they didn't win the ring, so we don't talk about it as much. True. Yeah. And that was something. It, you know what? Here's another interesting one. We, before we go quickly back into the basketball, look at you know the Patriots in 07. You know, we always talk about how they were they were that 17 and 0 until they weren't 18 and 0. Or until yeah. they went eighteen and one, yeah, you know, like they beat, they lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl, and now it's just that big "what could have been" story. Yeah, you know, don't mean a thing without a ring, right? <laughs> so, Andrew, I want to show you this picture from last night, and I know you know we both were talking and watching the game, and mm-hmm. we were there when this happened. So, to you, what does this moment signify? There's a lot that goes into this moment. You know, Kareem is kind of, I was listening, Kareem's kind of bitter, but he's happy at the same time. Because who wants to see their record get broken? Yeah. Nobody. Honestly, who wants to see their record get broken? Nobody, really. So, you know, Kareem, I I know deep down Kareem was happy, but he was also upset at the same time. Because nobody thought that record was ever going to be broken. Because once Kareem broke the record initially, he added like 7,000 points onto the record. And that's the big thing I look at it. That's why I was saying I don't think this re- Kareem expected this record to be broken. This wasn't just a, hey, I'm going to score you know, a few more points and then call it a career. 7,000 more points over the previous record holder before Kareem. Insane. That's insane to think of, you know? Yeah. So, like, it's – Yeah. So, and I understand, that's why I'm saying, this was a 38-year-old record that, (laughs) first off, if it was meant to be broken at some point, I don't think Kareem thought he'd be alive to see it. Um, You know, he's 72 years old. I don't think he expected it. Um, I know I didn't. (laughs) I I never expected it. Not until, like, four years ago. Four years ago, I knew it was going to be broken. (laughs) Well, at... 
for the longest time, I didn't think Kareem would break it, or I'm sorry, LeBron would break it until you mentioned to me probably a couple weeks ago or a few weeks ago just how close it was. You said he was like, you know, maybe uh, 350 away. And I'm thinking, holy crap. I'm like, wait, guy averages about 30 plus points a game. He gets that. Is it? I'm like, oh my God, this is a few games away. <laughs> like, it is not that far away. It sounds like a high number. But in basketball terms, it's not like mm-hmm. when you well, add 36 it, points was a lot of points to score. It was yeah. a lot of points to score. But at some point, I mean, say he didn't break it uh, last night. He would have broken it the next game. Oh, yeah. He would have broke it. <laughs> That's the thing. And he yeah. would have blown it away. If he, if he had come up like two points short, you know, that, that, first, that, that first jump shot the next game. It's all over. You know, the game's going to be delayed for however long this game was, you know, at the start of it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's funny, though, and you had mentioned this, Andrew, last night that, you know, they stopped the whole game, had the big ceremony and everything, and there were still 11 seconds to go in third. That was hilarious. <laughs> and, and, the, and the Thunder just had to stand over there and just kind of watch it happen. Um, Should and- they do that, though? Should they do that in sports? Like Cal Ripken, they stopped the game. LeBron, they stopped the game. Should this be an after the, the game Bulls thing? Stopped it, you know. McGuire, you know I mean, Gretzky, the Thunder knew that uh, the opposing team already knew. So yeah, I'm, I'm. I think it should be a post game thing. I mean, yeah, you could you could take a moment to acknowledge the thing, but then do all the folderol after the game. I can get with that. Yeah, I I can see both either way. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I do think. Cal Ripken, you know what? You talk about – I think LeBron James breaking Kareem's record is the equivalent of Cal Ripken Jr. beating Lou Gehrig's Iron Man streak because that was an unheralded record that nobody thought could ever be passed. And, you know, when it really seemed like, oh, my God, this is going to happen, they stop everything just to showcase this. Mm-hmm. Um now, you, uh, Chris, you were going to ask me this question, but I want you to ask it about uh, to Andrew right before we went on the air. Okay, and I know this is going to be everyone's question or a lot of people's mm-hmm. questions. If, yeah, if MJ did not play those two years of baseball and had those two more years in his prime, would he be approaching MJ's record as opposed to Kareem's right now? Honestly, I don't think so. So okay. Mike averaged about 30 a game. He would have finished around where Kareem a little less, maybe. Mm-hmm. And but he also, if you'd have saw how close he was, he might have been inclined to want to play more to break the record. So you're pro- you he, you very well could have been breaking Mike's record. Okay, as competitive as Michael Jordan is. <laughs> or, uh... Yeah, but you know I... we got to stop punishing LeBron LeBron for Michael's actions. Oh, I'm not. I'm just curious if if that if the two <laughs> years would have made a difference. I, I think he would have definitely got closer. And he probably would have kept playing to break it because of how competitive he is. Yeah. At least that's what I would have done. So, you know. And well, let's also not forget he retired twice. It's not even yeah. just the one, the two-year retirement. Yeah, he also right, retired yeah. a second time. And, you know, that in of itself, LeBron has literally not stopped playing. This guy, yeah, you no. look at his game per season average, it it's insane how much of a workhorse he is. Ridiculous. How much longer does he play, you think? Three to four years. So we're we're talking and 
a significant amount over this record then. Yes. He's going to play more games than Kareem, I think. And we did the math last night. He has – so Kareem holds the record for most minutes played in NBA history. Mm-hmm. And LeBron is currently 3,900. Hundred and I think thirty six something around there behind Kareem. We might have breaking news, yo. Oh, I break some news. Yeah, break course. We got some breaking news. The Lakers are involving a three team trade that involves D'Angelo Russell and Russell Westbrook. Whoa! What? <laughs> you. <You're... laughs> Whoa, wait a minute. Hang on. Wait, we're, folks, bear with us here on yeah, the That's what we have. Yeah, the lake, it says here, uh, Woj just uh, reported it from sources from ESPN. The Lakers are finalizing a deal to land Minnesota's D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt in a, in a trade, including Mike Conley and picks to Timberwolves. And light and Russell Westbrook and a lightly protected 2027 LA first round pick to the Jazz. Wow! Wow! Apparently, all over a heated argument with the coach. Yeah, last night, Darvin Ham. I was gonna say I wanted to bring to that quickly before we kind of expand more on everything with LeBron. What is your? I mean, now we kind of see what the fallout of it is. But Apparently. Andrew, what was your takeaway from? that whole heated exchange with Russ? You know, there's a lot that goes into it. You know, we're, I was an athlete, you were an athlete, arguments happen. Who knows what it was about? Apparently it was over Russ uh, just standing casually nonchalant and Darvin Ham didn't like that. I mean, shoot, Russ what was the game of his life. <laughs> <laughs> what are we saying, I mean, Chris? What's he supposed to do? I mean... <laughs> Exactly. Like, I'm so like poised, ready to strike. I mean, <laughs> I don't think he was on the floor either, so I'm not yeah. sure. I could okay, be wrong was, though. But at least he didn't choke him. So we have no spring ball situation here. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it also says, um, "Yep." As of uh, actually, just seven minutes ago. The trade has been the deal's fully complete. Also in the deal includes uh Juan Toscano Anderson and Damian Jones to the Jazz and Nikhil Alexander Walker to the Timberwolves. Damn Juan Toscano Anderson's gone already. Yep. So um <laughs> that is a big league shaker um for these teams, especially given the fact that Russ literally just Played his heart out, and of course, I'm guessing since he rubbed his coach the wrong way, this is the first, you know, first chance they get to get him out of there, and they take it. Apparently. And the Lakers have been, and, you know, we talked about this, the Lakers are in 13th place in the conference. Let's not act like the Lakers are having a good year that just had a bad game last night. No. This has been a bad year for the Lakers. Um, The past few years have been bad, aside from their bubble title win. I love um, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, okay. Oh, hold on. I don't, I don't no, really know. Go, yeah, go I, ahead. I, yeah. I don't, I don't know our friend here, but let me ask you, does the bubble ring count? Absolutely. I think the bubble ring is more impressive than a regular ring. Okay. That, that's hard. So what, what do they you say? Endure. 
to, to people who say the bubble ring doesn't count. So you're gonna say, look, look what they dare to do, as the example mm-hmm. of why it's impressive. Yeah, I don't right. think people understand how hard it is to play with no fans, no family, in a hotel for a lot of for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, great. They were living having the best time of their life. <laughs> you know, but listen, not being able to see your family because of the time zones and all this other mess. Yeah. That's tough. I mean, I was on one of those TVs at one point for one of the games, so that was fun. Mm. So. <laughs> That's yeah. dope. Um, yeah, so you know what? Okay, well, here, here's my thing, um, Chris. That That's a good counter question I have for it. Does the Dodgers COVID ring count? No, because that was a 60-game season. That's baseball's different. <laughs> <laughs> you, cannot, you cannot have a 60-game season in baseball. Absolutely not. It's a 162-game season. Gauntlet. Yeah. So no, it doesn't. Just I like mean, I don't I, I don't I don't think that Tampa Bay's first cup counts in hockey either, but <laughs> <laughs> well, nevertheless, yes, these uh hey, look, if the NCAA double if the NCAA counts uh UCF winning a national championship in 2017, anything's possible. Yeah. Let's just put it out there. Yeah. Um so in the past few days, we've seen, you know, w- when it comes to LeBron and Kareem being there to watch, or yeah, Kareem there to watch LeBron. Um, and uh, this is the thing: lost in all of it is the fact that people are still talking about LeBron and Jordan, and that's always the big. <laughs> that's always the big debate. You actually don't hear people always saying was LeBron greater than Kareem. Because Michael Jordan was always that guy. Michael Jordan was the Joe Montana of the NBA. He was the go-to guy. But then, much like Tom Brady took over Joe Montana, and nobody has a problem or objection to it, at some point, well, okay, at (laughs) some point, when are people going to consider LeBron arguably, if not the, Greatest basketball player of all time. My generation will never do it because we grew up watching Mike. We're biased. That's just the way it is. <laughs> and I'll admit, we cannot objectively look and say which player is better. We have an extreme MJ bias because of, of the Bulls, of the dream team, and all those things that happened. It was magical. The people that were grew up with it will never look at it objectively. The, the Gen Zers they might be able to look and say, well, look, stats don't lie. LeBron did this better, this better, and this better. But it's just my opinion. Well, <laughs> Andrew, what do you think about our generation? Do you think the same says for LeBron? You know, I think it's mixed. Me and my personal opinion, I'm going to take LeBron, only because what LeBron has done. See, granted, the only thing I personally think Mike has on LeBron is championships and defense. That's it. Yeah, I mean, perfect record in the finals, and that that speaks volumes when it comes to. But I'm gonna lay this on you. This is okay. what people aren't talking about. LeBron James is number is number one in points, number four in assists, number mm-hmm. three in minutes, number nine in threes, number nine in steals, the number thirty five in rebounds, and number ninety three in blocks all time in the history of the NBA regular season, as of right now. And that, yeah, I was going to say, and counting, you know, so, we got to remember that. That's a question I had earlier that I forgot. You said regular season. 
Should playoff mm-hmm. point should playoff stats count when talking about these things, or no? Because everyone doesn't play. Hmm. No. When you're talking about career stats, I think they should be separate still. Okay, that's fair. Because if you do playoff and regular season, LeBron is a light years ahead of everybody in a lot of things. Well, and that's what we were saying. Like, I mean, yeah. what? He was over 2,000 points ahead of the next person in yeah. playoff <laughs> points. So it, it's only fitting that you have and – I, and I think that's also just a, a logically easier way to organize things. The, you have your own section of, like, the library, if you will, to organize the playoff stats. And then – but then you got – you know, your regular season stats. Um, and I got one more thing to add, though. Mm-hmm. All right. I think another thing about Kareem, why he's kind of bitter, is because he feels like LeBron maybe had an unfair advantage. What do you think that was... unfair advantage is? Um, over, uh, Expansion? over The three-point over... shot. Oh, the three-point uh, shot. Yeah, yeah the three-point shot. Was like that. Ten years of Kareem's career, they didn't have one? See what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel like that could be part of why he might be so, you know, I, a lot of people are not happy about that, but you know, game That's changes right. and evolves. I've heard that argument, but like, okay, back to the comparison and all that with, 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 Le- with LeBron and all that real quick. Do you think if he'd stayed in one place and built a dynasty like Michael had, that there would be less talk? Mm. Like if he'd built Cleveland or even Miami into like an ultra dynasty, you know, seven, eight rings. I don't know if he could have. It, it was hard for Michael to do. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't know if he could have. I mean, look, if Mike can have managed it somehow with uh, Rodman around there, you know. <laughs> okay. Crazy but is Rodman it, is one of the greatest rebounders yeah. ever. Crazy as he is. People ever. <laughs> crazy as he is, he was a, an amazing basketball player. I mean, th- those Bulls teams yeah, were but not. You were cannot not... overlook Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosch, who are also okay. two of the greats. But. Pippen and Grant and Paxton and right. I'm not saying they're not, but Tony Kukoc, Steve Kerr. <laughs> there was no way. Okay, I'll put it this way: there was no way LeBron could have done it in Cleveland, especially his first time. They just no, didn't no have. Chance. They no. just had. They did not have the star power. Um, he had a, a he had a chance in Miami, um, with Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade. Yeah, there Kyrie Irving would not let offended. it happen. How do you forget about Ray Allen? Well, and Ray Allen. <laughs> um, because I'm liking it to when he ended up going to Boston um, and thwarted the Heat another title. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, did, did you? See that's the, why. Yeah. Did you see the SNL skit that when LeBron came back to Cleveland, it was LeBron and the other Cleveland Cavaliers? Yes. But that's the thing. When, when LeBron came back to Cleveland – you know, the big three for Cleveland was uh, mm-hmm. LeBron, K-Love, and Kyrie. Now, I'm going to tell yeah. you right now that, once again, you talk about building a dynasty. There was no way that was going to happen. And I think now more than ever, it's been proven fact. You cannot build a dynasty if Kyrie Irving's on your team. <laughs> oh, oh, that's cold. It's and it's fact. It can be cold as an ice cube in the freezer, but it's one hundred percent true. I'm gonna have to go on that note. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, the disrespect. Uh, oh, I so, agree. Yeah, and, I mean, and, um... <laughs> and that's fine. I, you know, this is the thing. You know, um, 
you talk about Jordan. Jordan also had one of the greatest coaches in NBA history alongside Todd Collins. Exactly, Todd Collins. No. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah. I mean, you you had the Zen master, sure. Exactly. You know, and hell had a coaching career from 78 to 2011 so obviously he knows what he was doing um but yeah from 89 to 98 i mean phil jackson was the guy running the show as far as coaching in chicago um Mm -hmm. and so yes i look at each generation of players has their advantages and disadvantages. And I think the one mm-hmm. that Andrew and you, Chris, brought up with Kareem is perfect, you know, uh, as far as bitterness could go, because the fact he scored 38,000 points with, despite spending a decade of his career without a three-point line, I think it's an even more true testament. But, Thank you, ABA. Yeah. Well, Andrew, what's one thing – you know what? This is interesting. Andrew and I bring this up to each other a lot. What's also one thing – that there's not a lot of there was not a lot of back then that there is now in the NBA. The athleticism, the talent, exactly. The athleticism, the the talent is so defense. good now, it, and it's and it's not even just so much like name power. It's and just, they're just so physical. much bigger now. Like that's what well, I'm it's, saying. It's, it's yeah. It's not to disrespect the the other eras, but yeah, the <laughs> modern athletes are a cut above. I mean, look at like old school football players. Like I look at old cards and these guys look like they're in their fifties when they're 27. Yeah. And you just look at how physically fit I'm telling you right now, like Jalen hurts. What, what he can squat, like what? Uh, Almost. I think he said 500, 500. 500. You ain't going to find me. Have fun finding me guys that could squat 500 back then as easily as Jalen hurts does now. Jalen hurts is a quarterback. (laughs) That's I what I'm saying. It. Find I, I me a quarterback it. that can do it. <laughs> I could do it one pound at a time. Oh, <laughs> That'll just take you a little bit, but you'll get it there. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I see a lot of people talking about – and another thing with LeBron breaking the record, up until a couple weeks ago, it wasn't even that much talked about. Sad. And and it's hard, it is hard, sad to think about because for as much of a polarizing athlete as LeBron is, I don't think people truly realize how significant this record is. This, I mean, this is the equivalent of Tom Brady breaking the passing yardage record, or Gretzky breaking the goal scored record, or once again Floyd Mayweather um, with the most uh, knockouts. You know, these are. Records that had stood the test of time for the longest time. And, you know, people will say it's a longevity thing. Oh, they had to play this long to get it. So what? (laughs) To be able to play that long is a miracle in and of itself. Okay, all all Cal Ripken did was come to work every day. He can work every day for how many days? (laughs) I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. But I mean, for basketball, uh, is a very is a physically demanding sport, even if it mm-hmm. doesn't look like it. Running back and forth, cardio, yeah, wood. yeah, the cardio and everything. Like people don't realize. I mean, the same thing with soccer. People don't think it's that intense, but it is a very intense sport. Yeah. Um, with stamina, uh, cardio, durability, and to do that for you know 81, 82 games a year. On the average for 20 years, 
and you got to think about it. Think, think about his weight on top of everything. Weight and, and height. Yeah. Your and, knees and your back are going to dwindle away so fast. And I want to put this in perspective. So there has only been, you know, LeBron's been in the league since 2003. There has been only three seasons. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, I believe three seasons on, in which LeBron James has played fewer than 60 games. Oh, so you bring it up the stat I brought up. Makes sense. Yeah. So <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just crazy to think he's played that long. His first few years, he's playing 79, 80, 79, 78, 75, 81. I mean, and then, of course, you know, you had some injury-riddled years. And then, of course, in 2020, when the whole Lakers team was injured, they he only played 45 <laughs> games. But I think at that point, they kind of threw in the season, threw the towel in. And once again, that's a lot of time off. And yet LeBron still came back. And here he is breaking the record at 38 years old. So yeah. at, at this point, you, you really got to say, look, what more do you want for LeBron James to con be considered the greatest of all time? Because there's not much more he can do. And again, it's just bias. It's just my rose glasses of youth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, everyone, everyone, when I was a kid, is the best. So <laughs> it's just the way it is. Yeah. I, I mean, here's the thing. So now, is that the? Re I know it's not, but is that the reason you think Tom Brady's not better than Joe Montana? No, I just hate Tom Brady. Exactly. <laughs> He's objectively exactly. an amazing quarterback, but screw that guy. <laughs> so he, he's just like me with the LeBron and Kobe. Yeah, that's canceled. I'm about to get canceled, guys. Oh no. Well, I didn't like Kobe, Andrew, my bad. Because he didn't, yep, cancel Andrew. He didn't like Kobe. Poor thing. No. Sorry. <laughs> and you R. know R. Mamba. Yep. Um yeah, it's it's it was a crazy night. For the Lakers, and yes, it all ended up with them losing by three points, dropping, uh, I think, 24 and 29 on the season or something of that nature. They're the only team. They're the only team. They're the third lowest team in the Western Conference. The only teams lower than them have 11 wins and 14 wins. And now LeBron James and AD, they're going to have to go on without Russ. Once again, when Russ joined the Lakers, what did they say? Oh, we got a super team rolling. We're ready. We got this. We're going <laughs> to make waves. And look where they're at now. They don't even have Russ anymore. Didn't they acquire D'Angelo Russell? They did, but at the same time, <laughs> you're still going to have to get acclimated to the system. Oh, of course. Um, And the new environment. And so it says... I do Lakers think D'Angelo oh, Russell's a better fit because he's not as ball dominant as Russ is. Yeah. Um, and then, so yeah, it says here, and this is just crazy to think about, but the Jazz have assembled a massive package of assets. This is from Adrian Woj. Um, it says, including 15 unprotected or lightly protected first-round picks through 2029 and a young core of Laurie Markkinen, Walker Kesslier, Colin Sexton, and Ochachi um Agabaji and 60 plus million in potential cap space. Sheesh. Impressive. 
That is just now. That's how you manage a team. <laughs> like, this is some two uh, K stuff going on here. Like this, this trade doesn't <laughs> sound like it should be happening in reality. You guys want to know a funny part about the Jazz? Go for Did it. you know Walker Kessler is doing Rudy Gobert's job better than him right that's now? Funny. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh my gosh, that is actually really funny to think about. <laughs> Let's see. So I want to see. Um, there, there's something I wanted to bring up, and Chris, I want your thoughts on this because I brought it up to Andrew last night, and it's oh my gosh, yeah. Here we go. Let me. And I gotta go down and find it. Oh, here we go. So it's from our dear friend. Skip Bayless. Oh God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and meanwhile, first off, I saw this and I didn't notice this one right now up until now. It says, for the record, LeBron has scored about sixty-seven hundred more points from the three than did Kareem, who hit one of eighteen. And I'm just like that. That's kind of the preview of what I'm going to be getting into with Skip. So just hang tight. Mm-hmm. Um, he says how MJ or LeBron played 338 more games than MJ. MJ won 10 more scoring titles to LeBron's one. Um, MJ three steals titles to LeBron zero. He was a defensive player of the year, nine time first team to LeBron's five. MJ was six and own finals, six MVPs. Basically. He says MJ at the finish of this tweet is the runaway goat. But I think we know why he's not. And once again, it comes now, you say, Chris, that it's the uh generational bias. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense. There's just one problem. Skip Bayless is 71 years old. And I'm probably not talking about Julius Irving. So, I mean, I don't know, man. That's what I'm saying. He's not but, talking about his generation bias. He's talking about Michael Jordan, who was definitely not his generation. Okay, but, okay, Michael Jordan, again, I will defend my choice on Michael Jordan by saying this. LeBron is a, is a transformative player. The league is different for LeBron having been in it. Mm-hmm. But Jordan, you know, be like Mike, and the – the air Jordan's coming along and all that in changing not just sports culture, but like music culture and popular culture, the damn shoes and (laughs) space jam and LeBron's wasn't as good. I'm just saying that was better. Yeah. So, I mean, MJ was more of a cultural touchstone than LeBron is at least in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. And nobody can argue that one. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's no problem with you know with that, and I and I do agree that MJ had a bigger effect on pop culture than LeBron has, you know, and MJ also became into business and ownership with, and like I said, I just think things would have been different if he didn't retire for on two different occasions for multiple years, and I'm not saying it, and by different, I don't mean that he would have passed Kareem. I'm just saying. The compare honestly, I think the comparison would have looked a lot worse when it comes to LeBron, and it would be a lot closer because mm-hmm. obviously the stats would be a lot closer. Um, mm-hmm. But until then, we witnessed history last night, 
gentlemen. And, you know, Andrew predicted this, that he predicts LeBron will get to 4,000 points. Um, I mean, <laughs> if he plays three to four more years, I think it's going to happen, you know, because that's t- something that could just happen in two to three. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Um, but moving on now, and first, I uh, want to welcome everybody as we reach the 50-minute mark nearly in the show. Um, welcome to Roundabout Sports. I'm the maestro, Jeremy Carp. Alongside me is our my guest co-host, uh, the man himself, Christopher Miles, host of Issues with Wrestling every Sunday at 6 p.m. Central. And alongside me is our dear friend, Do Andrew Henson. Um, folks, it's almost Super Bowl Sunday. I mean, holy crap. We're finally – it's sad and it's awesome. It's awesome because, man, who doesn't love the Super Bowl? But it's sad <laughs> because that's the end of football season, well, at least of the NFL. Yeah. The call the law, baby. It's coming <laughs> up. <laughs> we, we got the Battle Hawks coming up. So, all right. It, it's, by now, everybody knows it's the Kelsey Bowl. Or or the Andy Reid Bowl, if you want to. Um, it's the Kansas City Chiefs facing off against the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, okay, so we're going to go by position by position here and really break these two teams down and yeah, figure right. out which team overall does look better. And we're going to start with probably one of the hardest positions of all. We're going to go with quarterback. We're going with Pat Mahomes Ooh. versus Jalen Hurts. Um, and Pat Mahomes is going to win the MVP. I didn't think he <laughs> would at the beginning of the year. Um, I and It's not any – it wasn't a personal thing. I just didn't think it would happen. But holy crap, Pat Mahomes is on that verge. Um, and, you know, we're at the point now where – and Jalen Hurts, though, to me, is second place because what Jalen Hurts did, especially with the Eagles, is just phenomenal. So here we go. Our two starting quarterbacks for the Super Bowl. Um, so, Andrew, I'll start with you. Which team do you feel has the edge when it comes to quarterback? The quarterback that's healthier. Jalen Hurts has a – I don't know how the sprain in his throwing shoulder is, and I don't know how Pat Mahomes' ankle is. People are talking about that. Well, that's People the thing. People talking about the fact that both quarterbacks are injured. And see, that's what I was getting at. When you mentioned uh, with um, Jalen Hurts' shoulder, yeah, let's not forget Mahomes' ankle is it what is really rough. First off, a sprained ankle is – High ankle painful. sprain. Well, yeah, high ankle sprain, which – most players would be out four to six weeks. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's not going to be when you're in the playoffs, and especially if you're in the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, well, if Mahomes had to, he would get that leg chopped off and hop out there on one foot. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, yes. And you saw in the AFC title game how much it limited him. Oh, yeah. He and you saw how much Jalen game. Hurts has been limited in the playoffs because of his shoulder injury. And Jalen Hurts even missed some time at the end of the season. And it's, it didn't even help him enough. And Mahomes had to miss time in the divisional round. Um, mm-hmm. And I think if those two things are any indicator, 
I would give just the overall position to the Chiefs because Chad Henney's a hell of a lot better than Gardner Minshew. There you go. And that and people like and I'm half joking, but I'm also serious because you know, they always say you're only as good as your weakest link. And I don't consider either of them weak, but at the same time, I look Chad Henney's performed well in the playoffs the past couple years. And Gardner Minshew, you know, everybody was hyped on him in Jacksonville. He fizzled out, and look where he's at now. Eagles struggled with him in. I mean, they almost lost to the Giants, who still had all their starters in. Like, oh, I'm sorry, who uh, had their backups in. Wow, they had their starters in otherwise. So this is my thing. I, I think you nailed it when you said which player is healthier. I feel like Mahomes gets the edge mm-hmm. because experience of experience, but also the fact I need it. you, how do I word it? Mahomes <laughs> doesn't need to scramble like Jalen Hurts does. And Jalen right. Hurts doesn't need to throw like Mahomes does. If it was Mahomes uh, shoulder and Jalen Hurts ankle, then we'd really be having a discussion. Then it's going to bring up uh, Mahomes' receivers. Yep, exactly. But mm-hmm. I think because it's the second lead, or I think it's because it's the secondary issue with each player, I think Mahomes gets the edge on this. Chris, what do you think? I give it to Mahomes, and not by an exceptional lot, but again, just based off experience and based off the fact that he's been there, I give it to him. Yeah. And folks, be sure to comment. Let us know what you think as we preview uh, Super Bowl um, 56. So here's our next position. So right now it seems like we feel so far the edge seems to be going the Chiefs way. Next, this is where I'm going to be honest. I'm giving it to the Eagles, and that's going to be the running backs. Mm-hmm. Um, And it's not, it's not because of – Anything other than the fact that, look, Pacheco, yeah, it's depth. Isaiah Pacheco, great running back, uh, great young rookie. Clyde, absolute bust. Um, They've activated (laughs) him. They say he'll be good to go, but he's probably not going to see much action. And I told this to James last week. There's, I, first chance the Chiefs can get to get rid of him, they're going to. Um, Jarek McKinnon's a good dual threat, but overall, Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, um, Kenneth Gainwell, and on top of all that, Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. That right there blows out the water of who has the advantage in the run game. I 92%. Mean, so, I mean, I don't know exactly what you guys think, but that's where I'm going. I'm going with the Eagles when it comes to the running game. A huge part of their hot start of the season was the running game. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they were so strong in the, from Jump Street because of their running game. So, yeah, of course you're going to give it to them. Yes, yep. They better hope Pat Mahomes got ain't mobile though. True. He might surprise yeah. you. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, as long or as long as Joseph Asai is not out there. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, poor guy. You, you didn't have to do that. I, I, I'm sorry, poor guy. Um, God love him. Um, so right now it looks like we're even one, one. So next up we got, and I'm excluding 
tight ends because first off, I, I just want to go off the assumption on what we're going to do when we get to that, but I'm going to go wide receivers on this. Mm. So obviously we got Mahomes and Hurts in the picture, but people Hold don't up. realize. Hold up. What? Why is he in this picture? I have no idea. <laughs> that's that's what cracks me up. I'm like, wait a minute. What's he, you know, we'll take what we can get. <laughs> okay. Um, I get it. You so know. when it comes to receivers, I think health depending. I don't know the health updates on any of the Chiefs receivers as of right now and who's available because that was kind of ugly. All right. I mean, I understand. And Chris has to bow out for a second due to uh, his work also calling him. So he will be back with us shortly. So we'll hold down the fort while mm -hmm. he takes care of that business. And I look at the receivers. First off, the Chiefs went into the season with such low expectations for the wide receiver group. I mm -hmm. mean, you had McCole Hardman. You had Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Um, you had Juju Smith-Schuster coming in. You didn't really have much more past that. Um, and yet, somehow, this group really has performed well. But A.J. Brown. But, yeah. And Eddie, thank you so much for tuning in, buddy. Always great having you on. I know you join at the eight o'clock hour. Um, so right now, Eddie, we're previewing a Super Bowl Fifty Six. Be sure to chime in on your thoughts. Yeah, it's not even just AJ Brown; it's Devonta Smith. I mean, mm -hmm. just these two right there are the selling point. The Titans—you see how much of a mess the Titans are without AJ Brown. Mm -hmm. It's such a huge difference maker. And for a quarterback like Jalen Hurts to have A.J. Brown, it's such a massive boost. Um, They don't really, and Eddie's got his Super Bowl pick um, in, so he's going for the Chiefs all the way. Mm -hmm. And we'll be going with our final predictions at the end of this segment. Um, Yeah, I'm going with the Eagles receivers on this. Same. Just because overall – they, and they don't need to have more depth because when you look at it, Philly relies on their running game. Mm -hmm. So if the two guys they rely on in the passing game do their job, that's all you need. You know, um, give it a couple years. If this Chiefs unit sticks around, I mean, th this is where I segue into our next position. See, I think it's fine with the Eagles having the receiver one because I know every single day of the week it's going to be Travis Kelsey over Dallas Goddard. <laughs> and that's a shame because Dallas Goddard is very nice. Dallas Goddard's top five tight end in the league. But, but Travis Kelsey is, is like top three all time. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> the problem is that's four spots below what Travis Kelsey is right now in the NFL. And we've talked – you and I have talked about this before as far as where Travis Kelsey ranks among – you know, the greatest of all time among, you know, your uh, Tony Gonzalez's, your Gronks, your um, Antonio Gates, um, Shannon Sharp, Ozzie Newsome, like, and the, and uh, Kellen Winslow. So we take a look, and I'm glad that uh, Chris is about to hop back on because wanna, we, we want to get this uh, thought on – we just are segueing into the tight end position for the Chiefs and the Eagles and why Travis Kelsey definitely has the edge. <laughs> it, it goes without saying. <laughs> like, th this is a guy that had 25 Look, yards and four touchdowns. 
what more do you need to like explain how? But how do you think his back's gonna be? You know, I'm not gonna. The back is probably is going to limit him. You saw how much it limited him in the AFC title game. Mm-hmm. Um, he's gonna he's fight like weeks, hell though. through it. Yeah, and or yeah, two weeks ago. Um, I I they say that that one lateral that didn't work was a set play. I partly don't agree. I think that that was something that Travis Kel- – I think it was set, but I also think it was only set in motion because Travis Kelsey's injury. Mm-hmm. Because um, they want to limit how far he has to run, you know? So, how many hits he takes. Yes, and how many hits he takes. And that's the biggest thing. Travis Kelsey is the middle-of-the-field guy, and that's where the hardest hitters are always going to be. So I think the back will hold up. But at the same time, it's going to be – he's going to be fighting for his life out there. <laughs> Especially if his brother's on the other team. Ain't no way he's going to want to be the second-best Kelsey brother. <laughs> no, 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 no. That, that That's a huge motivator. Not only is it the Super Bowl, your brother's out there. Yeah, no. <laughs> Good thing they both play offense. Oh, my God. If his brother played defense – if his brother was a linebacker, if Jason Kelsey oh. was a linebacker over, a, like, a center, I'm done. I'm so Family done. dinners after that is going to be awkward. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> just a lot. Yeah, Thanksgiving is just going to be like, hey, remember when I beat you in the Super Bowl? Check out my rank. Check out my rank. Well, Travis Kelsey already got one. The last thing he needs to do is flash another. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so does Jason. Yeah, but now he'd have two. One over. Mm-hmm. I was going to say. Um, Either one can say it. That's true. And Eddie uh, brings out his uh, prediction here. Two touchdowns, 95 yards for Kelsey. Ooh. I'm going to say right now, if he does that, he's MVP. I know <laughs> y'all. everyone's going to say Mahomes. I'm sorry. If Travis Kelsey with an injured back, then again, Mahomes got a high ankle sprain. So if Mahomes doesn't <laughs> like 300 yards on a high ankle sprain like he did in the AFC title game two weeks ago. I mean, the Super Bowl is a hell of a motivator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The Super Bowl amps up the level tenfold. If this was regular season or even, you know, something like that, yeah, he'd probably sit out, but zit. It's the championship. So <laughs> you Right. And put put me on a crutch, you know. Give me a quarter zone shot. Let's go. Well, that's another reason I gave the receivers edge to um the Eagles, because you look Nicole Hardman is injured and he's out and people will be like, Oh, but he's not a top threat, but he's still a key, a key threat. He's the speed demon on in the passing game. Um, and when you're down one of those wide receivers, you got M- now you're relying on MVS Juju Smith Schuster and Travis Kelsey as your main wide outside. Kadarius Tony as well, but obviously there's going to be injury questions regarding him as well. Um, so we'll see how he's still banged up and, but he's surprised many and it's fun to see. Hmm. Now we come to the offensive line. This one, I don't even know, man. I already (laughs) know where mine's at. I I think I know, but damn, it's the offensive line between the Eagles and the Chiefs. I I feel like it's gotta be the Eagles. They have two all pros. They got two all pros, three pro bowlers, two potential future Hall of Famers. Um, so okay, in, in that case, next, yeah, like I'm just saying, <laughs> well, I was trying to give some benefit of the doubt to the fact that the Chiefs have a top 
five, top ten offensive line. But then I'm looking at it, I'm like, nah, no, no. They're Lane, very formidable, but they're very formidable. You know. But Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Landon Dickerson, yeah, that 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 right there sell, sells me. Um, so with that, we're gonna switch gears, go to the defense. This where it gets fun. This is where it gets fun, folks. Front front four or front three defensive line, however you want them to line up. And let me put it to you this way. For those that uh, want to know, the defensive line for the um, Eagles basically right now is um, – let me go down here. We got Brandon Graham, uh, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, and Josh Sweat. Um, and then you include guys such as Linval Joseph and Robert Quinn now, and they're second strings. So let me make that clear. Um, now I want to also put in there for the chiefs. Um, give me one second, obviously in addition to Chris Jones and our lovely, um, or yeah, Chris Jones and Frank Clark. We also has have George Carlofidis and Kalen uh, Saunders. Um, and then Carlos Dunlap and Brandon Williams are two of the second stringers. The, first off, uh, Chris Jones, Eddie has with two and a half sacks for Chris Jones. I think Chris Jones is the best player, but overall, the Eagles have a better line. Yeah, I mean, how many games on earth did they win this year? How many was it? I mean, for the Chiefs or the Eagles? The Eagles. Eagles won, uh, I believe they went 14-3 and three as well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because they went 13-1 and one in games that were started by Jalen Hurts. <laughs> Poor Minshew. <Okay. laughs> um, so, damn. You know what? This is the thing. You also got to look at it like this. Who's going to have – who – Will be pushed around more. Will the Eagles defensive line be pushed around by the Chiefs more, or will the Eagles offensive line push back the Chiefs more? This is the battle. Football is one in the trenches, and I don't care what anybody says it otherwise. Football is one in the Yeah. Mm. Game football's a game of yards. Game of yards. <laughs> yards. Uh, it's game of yards. And you know, I think they're gonna double. Sometimes even bring a triple team on Chris Jones. So, and, but then that brings Frank Clark. You, you know what? This yeah. is the thing. So it just the, depends on if they can capitalize. They're gonna put a lot of emphasis on the um on that right side with Chris Jones and Frank Clark. Yeah. Um. It just depends if you know the left side can bring it to forward. Yeah, and I don't see it personally. Karlofidis, I mean, he had a pretty good rookie season, 33 tackles, six sacks, but you are not going to get it, – it's going to be – it's hard to beat 44 tackles, 15 and a half sacks, and two forced fumbles just by Chris Jones himself. Then you throw in Frank Clark, who had five sacks and a forced fumble on his own. You know, but let's also look at how Hassan Reddick did in the NFC championship game. Um, and how that performance, and I know he's a linebacker, but they're going to be looking at him a lot and that's going to open up opportunities for the D line as well. True. So 
I'm gonna. This is tough. I'm gonna give the edge to the um Eagles on this one. Chiefs, I'll be right back. You're good. Here, I'll. Yep. So I'll. We take time. I'm gonna go with the Eagles on this one by just a hair. So that I'll be the kind. Of, I'll be the contrarian and go the other way, just because of the same reason, just by a hair. It's it's splitting hairs, honestly. Yeah. No, I, I and I totally get that. Now Eddie has his final score prediction as forty-five to forty-two Chiefs. I don't. That I mean that that's well, ooh. We're gonna get now, Eddie. Hang in there. We're gonna get into our final score predictions at the end of this segment. Um, we're gonna go to the linebackers now. So we got uh, Kaiser White, T.J. Edwards, and Hassan Reddick for the Eagles, and then for the Chiefs, we got Willie Gay, Nick Bolton, and Carlos Dunlap. I'm telling you right now, people are gonna people are gonna disagree with me, and oh. There he is himself. Oh, James, we love you, buddy. It's our um, we're glad to have you aboard. And ooh, James has his prediction in 38-35 Eagles. I like I'm, this score better. No, I'm sure you do. We'll worry about that in a minute. Um, right, I'm we'll going I'm going Chiefs because let me tell you something right now. Nick Bolton, one of the un- most underrated um linebackers in the NFL. Um and in Andrew, welcome back, buddy. So we just got to the linebackers of the Eagles and the Chiefs. So same again for you. It's Kazir White, TJ Edwards, and Hassan Reddick for the um, Eagles. For, uh, Willie Gay, Nick Bolton, and Carlos Dunlap for the uh, Chiefs. I'm going Chiefs. Like I said, Nick Bolton. And Willie Gay literally like is all over the field. 88 tackles by uh, the 24-year-old out of Mississippi State. He's two and a half sacks, one interception. Guy is a force to be reckoned with. And I also want to take into account, like, how quick he is off the ball and how able he is to get to behind the line of scrimmage. Um, So the matchup James says to be watched will be the Chiefs or the Eagles defense against the Chiefs offense. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, sure. it, it it's definitely going to be the huge uh, go-to matchup. But guys, what are we thinking about the linebacker? I'm rocking with Nick Bolton and Willie Gay. Yeah, I, that's but, that's what I got. Yeah, make it a triad then. <laughs> make it a triad. All right, sounds good. Ah, this is my old position. I love it. We get ourselves now Mm -hmm. to the, and we're going to go with the entire secondary. Uh Oh, shout out to the secondary. So Mm -hmm. we're going to go to the left side corners, which are Trent McDuffie and Josh. Well, first we're going to go to the Eagles one, since I've been going Eagles first each time, might as well. Um, So we got James Bradbury. And and uh, Vontae Maddox, Darius Slay, and Josiah Scott. At safeties, we have C.J. Gardner Johnson and Reed Blankenship. So just kind of keep those guys in your mind. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna go to the Chiefs, where we got Trent McDuffie and Joshua Williams, and then Legarius Sneed and Jalen Watson. 
At safeties, your starters are Justin Reed and Juan Thornhill. Hmm. You know. It's a tough one. I'm not going to lie. That is extremely tough. The best player is owned by the Eagles. And I'm. are you going with, is that C.J. Gardner? I'm saying Darius Slay. You're saying Darius Slay. Um, as of now, Legarius, yeah, Legarius Need is playing as of now. We're still waiting word. Um, he was able to, conclu- to clear the concussion protocol and play and mm-hmm. practice. So we're just going to wait final word. But all signs are looking up for Legarius Need, and that's massive. It is. Um, hmm. But the whole totality. The secondary is so underrated as far as how important it is to the team. Oh, facts. It really is. I look at, you know, there's multiple factors. You also got to look at, it's not just who can get, you know, those interceptions and play lockdown at corner or good zone. It's also about who can stop the run and break through a receiver block, who can get Mm -hmm. to the ball quickly. Um, Trent McDuffie, once again, uh, you know, another rookie for the Chiefs. Um, the 22 year old from Washington, 44 tackles, a sack, a forced fumble, seven pass deflections, did not get any interceptions this year. Um, meanwhile, Legarius Sneed on the other side, um, three interceptions, which only put him in 26th in the league among starting corners. Um, 32nd among starters with tackles. Um, as far as solo tackles, you know, but then you look at, uh, guys like Juan Thornhill, once again, only three interceptions, the defense, the secondary, the, uh, the chief's defense is built on the front. The chief's defense is built on not letting teams throw the ball, Mm -hmm. you know, because then you look at Darius Slay, Darius Slay had three interceptions. 40 uh, solo tackles, but 14 pass defenses. Um, C.J. Gardner-Johnson led the league with six interceptions on the year. Um, You know why? Why? Who who would you rather throw it to? Well, that's another thing, yeah. I mean, (laughs) look at uh, Reed Blankenship only had one. You know, and and that's another thing I want to get into is the fact that in a way, interceptions and stuff like that are, and I don't want to say overrated. It's not an overrated no. stat, but it's a stat that you can't judge off of. No, absolutely not. Look at Darrell Revis, one of the all-time great corners, but he ain't got a lot of interceptions like some of the older players. Why? Because nowadays, when you have a great corner, you don't throw to him. Why does everybody? Th- why does Trayvon Diggs have all these uh, interceptions at safety? Because everybody throws to him because he's a risk taker. He's boomer bust. He's the MBS of defense. You know, you're either going to get a big play out of him or a big uh, bombshell out of him. And so he's willing to make that risk, and so are the offenses. So when I look at these two teams, I'm probably going with the Eagles secondary just because all around they're just more balanced. Um. But that said, 
like I said, I'm going with the front on the I'm going with the front, like the linebacker group on the Chiefs and everything. But the secondary, I'm going with the Eagles. So I don't know what you guys have on that one. Uh, Eagles all around. Got you. All right. Now the best player. I'm yeah, you do. So that would go for that. Who, who do you think is going to guard Travis Kelsey? Who who do you think they're who do you think they're going to like really zone in on Travis Kelsey with? Travis Kelsey, I can see them putting um, Kazir White, or mm-hmm. and then they'll probably put in um, Josiah Scott or somebody because they're not going to put Bradbury or Slay on them. Oh, you can't. You can't. You can't. Be you can't. Right. <laughs> so, but I also think they're really going to play. Um, what are they going to play him? They're going to probably put um, Gardner Johnson more shallow. Yeah. They're going to probably put uh, Johnson more shallow and Blankenship more deep. Um, because they're going to want to cut out. People are going to be like, oh, you got to cut out the deep part of the ball. Ty- Tyree Kill's not on this team anymore. You don't got to worry about that. I mean, don't get me wrong. They can still get those big-time plays. Mahomes, the reason he was phenomenal this year was because he was able to systematically drive down the field. Mm-hmm. There was not a whole lot where he just had to go one and done. So you you got to worry about Travis Kelsey and Juju Smith and MVS, but you don't got to worry about him in a 95-yard play. You got to worry about him in a 12-play, 95-yard drive. And that's what I think they're going to Eagles defense is going to really focus on. Um, so with that, I'm telling you both right now on this one, I'm going Chiefs all the way. When I go to the punter and kicker, <laughs> when you, so for the Eagles, you got Jake Elliott and Brett Kern. Look, there is no beating Tommy Townsend and Harrison Butker on this. There, there is just no. There's just no not beating them. Butker alone. <laughs> Butker alone. But Tommy Townsend. Does not get the love, and obviously it's just because he's a punter. But he does not get the love that deserves for how outstanding of a year he's had. You know, and especially in the AFC title game and the NFC title or in the the AFC divisional round. You know, the situations he put the Jaguars and the Bengals in. You know, he came through really clutch, and so yeah, I'm going Chiefs all the way on that. Absolutely. Uh, the butt now, kicker. So now we get to an interesting one. Um, I guess we, we can throw I – don't, I don't know how familiar we all are with their return game. You really – it's just basically you got Boston Scott for the Eagles and um, for the Chiefs, it's going to be um, Kadarius Tony and Isaiah Pacheco. You know, that's a hard one to judge, and you're not going to have many. I don't feel like you're going to have many chances to see it. Maybe punts, yes, but not so much um, as far as kickoffs. So Hmm. I'm just going to call it a draw. Boston Scott and Isaiah Pacheco are extremely talented. So, um, yeah, that's where I'm at. What I really wanted to get to... And you guys might think I'm crazy for even thinking about this. If you say that word that starts with a C, I swear on my life. <laughs> Coaching. Next. 
But this is the thing. Shout out to Matt Sirianni, but come on now. It, it, I know it's Andy Reid, but I want this to be a chance for Fine. Nick Sirianni to at least get the the respect he deserves. Andy Reid is the best coach in the NFL as of now. Bill Belichick has, is, you know, I know what people are going to say. But you might get what, some uh, head scratches on that one. I'm going to say it. Andy Reid, my top three in the league right now. Andy Reid, um, nope, honestly, not even in a particular order. Okay, fine. I'll put him among the top three. But the top three to me are in the AFC because Nick's um, – shit, I got I got to figure it out. Here we go. Bill Belichick, Andy Reid, Mike Tomlin. You know? I, I will never give Belichick credit for anything. <laughs> Jeez. I, I – this is the thing, though. First off, Mike Tomlin, people are going to be wondering, why am I putting him in there? The The team started 2-6 and six and finished 9-8. and eight. If that's not impressive, I don't know what is. Come on Let's go now. Steelers, baby. With Kenny Pickett? With Mitchell Trubisky? Are we kidding right now? <laughs> like, no. Like, props to Tomlin on this one. It's coming from a Cleveland fan. I'm giving all the props in the world to Mike Tomlin for how he's been able to do this. Bill Belichick will go down in history as one of the greatest, one, whether people like it or not. Cheater. I can't stand the Patriots, but you know what? It is what it is. And Andy Reid, first off, a franchise okay. cornerstone in Philly and in Kansas City. I love Andy Reid just for the memes alone. The memes this week have been fantastic. Big Red. Big yeah. red. I mean, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I I just love it. And he, here's one of just many m- memes. Oh, and I this. Oh my gosh. I I can't. No, I'm not doing that one. You know what? <laughs> I, I I can't believe I'm gonna do this one from and. Thank, I'd like to thank Google for just, you know, deciding to just put whatever they want on there. But this is from a, a little bit ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's. See, my, my favorite so far has been. The oh, meeting. Andy Reid. Come on, man. We of, love Andy Reed, of Andy Reid was uh, he only became a coach so he could be at the stadium where the hot dogs live. You know. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. Okay, well, Andrew, you said that this would bring up – if I said Andy Reid was the best coach in the league, it would bring up some head scratchers. So I mentioned Bill Belichick. I mentioned Mike Tomlin. I mean, what are some NFC guys you're thinking? <clears throat> no, I thought – I was just basically saying uh, Bill Belichick. Okay. You, you, you already know people are going to argue. Well, of course they are, but everyone's going to argue no matter what. It's just the fact that you double down on it. Yeah. Um, and it does make – and yeah. But I'll put him in the top three without a doubt. Um, I think but, And you Reed, also got to think of um, – uh, why am I blanking on his name now? Who's the Niners coach? Oh, Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, what Dan does Kyle Campbell's Shanahan have one. to show for it? Money. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, but if that's the case, I mean, freaking look what he did with Brock Purdy. Granted, Brock Purdy got hurt. You can't yeah. hold that against Kyle. There Stanley. we go. Okay, I'm gonna tell you. I do. I think what I'm about to show you. This is from Doug. People know this. This guy is one of my favorite coaches in the league. Dirty Dan Campbell, baby, from the Detroit Lions. I love me some Dan Campbell. It's the mm-hmm. Detroit Lions. I, bro, let me tell you something right now. Detroit barely missed the playoffs. It's not one of the usual seasons where they go four and twelve, or now four and thirteen. Okay. But what day does the season end for the team that just missed the playoffs and the last team in the league? The same day. Yeah, I get that. But at the same time, you put into account how Dan Campbell has turned this team around. Because let me put – let me do this for you. Um, just, just to put it in perspective. So we're going to go to 2019. Matt Patricia was the head coach, part of the iconic Bill Belichick coaching tree, by the way. And what did the lovely Lions finish? They finished 3-12-1. I mean, and they started 0-0-1. They tied in the first game of the season. Um, we go to 2020. What happens? Um, head coach, Matt Patricia, got fired. And two interim coaches later, they finished five and eleven. First year with Dan Campbell, you know, they finished three and thirteen and one. Gets new to everything. Now what happens? They finish to nine and eight, and they finish second in the a- or in the NFC North. I'm telling you right now, if they made the playoffs, Dan Campbell would be uh, perhaps one of the top three coach of the year candidates. Definitely possible. I um, I I absolutely, and I think it's because he's not in the playoffs that um he won't be. Um, you know Nick Sirianni, I could see getting coach of the year. I can see Andy Reid. I don't see Belichick getting it. I don't see Kyle Shanahan. I don't see um Kevin O'Connell. You know what? You know who else I see getting coach of the year possibly? Brian De- Dable. Let's be real here, guys. And I have, and even when James has been on every week, I've owned up to this. I predicted at the beginning of the year the Giants would finish three and fourteen, and they <laughs> finished far from three and fourteen. I, you know, they were a fran- an absolute trash franchise over the past five years, and Danny Dimes and Saquon Barkley and Andrew Thomas and all these guys. You know, came together around a new coach and look where they're at. You know, like three four. It's funny, three fourths of the team of the division made the playoffs, and Washington was the one that didn't. Um, and they had a more notable coach in Ron Rivera. Um, they, sh- they should have stayed the football team. I'm just saying. I agree. The, the NBA, is yeah, Commanders doesn't just. It just is weird. Plus, it was so unique, just the football team. <laughs> mm-hmm. It definitely had an old-school style to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, with all that said, as we head into Super Bowl 56, to me, all right, we're going to go around the table here, if you will. The number one key to the Chiefs winning and the number one key to the Eagles winning. 
So, Chris, we're going to start with you. Uh, for the Chiefs winning, Mahomes' health. Obviously, how that how that ankle's doing. And the Eagles' consistency. Can they go out there and be the Eagles that they have been, or are they going to crack under pressure? We'll see. Okay. Andrew? Mine is also the health of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. <clears throat> it, it's If they're healthy, they're almost unstoppable. And to me, it's the defensive pressure for the Eagles. Their defense has to come and play. So while I feel Mahomes and the health of Kelsey and Mahomes is massive, and I would be just as willing to put that one as my key, I'm going to go a different route. Um, and I'm going to say the key is the Chiefs' uh, run defense. I'm going to go with okay. them. I mean, the Eagles gashed the Giants' defense for over 280 yards on the ground, and you saw the results of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not saying, you know, the Chiefs' offense and the um, Giants' offense are one and the same, but what I am saying is – a defense keeping an offense off the field sets the tone. What people don't realize is when you're allowing a team to run the ball that much, you're also allowing them to take so much time off the clock and keep your stars like Mahomes and Kelsey off the field. And the longer they're off the field, the more unlikely it is for the Chiefs. So the biggest key for the Chiefs to win, to me, is playing the toughest run defense you've ever played in your life. For the Eagles, it's it's interesting because based off my last point, I talked so much about their run game. I'm going to say it's open up the pass game. <laughs> You've become so reliant on the run game. Open up your pass game. Expose the corners on the Chiefs. But is this the time to do it? You know, to experiment with that, to give it a shot, is this the time? I I think, you know, it's either now or never. You've had two weeks to prepare for it. <laughs> Or and you guys have brought you. Well, but this is another thing. Look at the – all right, here we go. Which team – Wait, before you say that, okay, it go. also goes back to Jalen Hurts' shoulder. It's his thrown shoulder that got hurt. Remember that. That is true. Before you before you get too far away with that take. That is true. Um, They could also do the dunk, dunk and dive if need be. You know? <laughs> I mean, you can burn clock – with short passes, screens, things of that nature. Um, use the running backs to your advantage. Because I look at it like this. Who had a harder time winning their playoff games? The Chiefs or the Eagles? The Chiefs. The Chiefs. Yeah. It, it was – no, no. Oh, yeah. It was clearly the Chiefs. Like, look at the, a, the NFC Divisional round. It was uh, the Eagles beat the Giants by the score, if I can remember it correctly. Hmm. Oh, hell. See, I can't even remember at the top of my – okay, here we go. Yeah. I was like, all right, the Eagles beat the Giants 38-7. to The Chiefs beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 27-20. Next week, Eagles beat – the Niners 31 to 7. Chiefs beat the Bengals 23 to 20. And 
keep and yes, there's a lot of injuries from both teams. Crucial injuries. Um while I okay, I'm gonna tell you why I still think they need to focus on potentially opening up the pass game more. Look at the Niners last two weeks ago. What happened when Brock Purdy's throwing arm got hurt and they had to rely on the run game? It was too predictable. They exactly it was too predictable. They did nothing. The offense was absolute dog water. They played trash offense. Even when Josh Johnson got in and then Josh Johnson got hurt. Um, you know, you had no scheme. You had no game plan. Everybody knew you were either going to give it to McCaffrey or you were just going to toss it to Debo or something. There was no rhyme or reason to it. Jalen Hurts does have an injured throwing shoulder. But at the same time, I think it's been more treatable than Brock Purdy's torn UCL. <laughs> so poor guy, man. Shout I, out to I, Brock Purdy, man. Shout yeah, out to Brock Purdy. He is going to undergo surgery. And, you know, we wish him all the best. And hopefully not the Niners fan base doesn't just throw him out of Levi Stadium. Hopefully uh, not. Hopefully Arguably they already right did. Yeah. yeah, they practically already did. Yeah. You can take your rifle place where you belong. Trey Lance's backup. Yeah, we we heard that take and we were I was mad. I mean you weren't as mad as I was, but you know it's cool. <laughs> yeah, Andrew almost hit the person that said it. Um <laughs> um nevertheless, yes, I will say I do think the Eagles need to open up the passing game a bit more. It's it it just would help the offense as a whole. So with everything we've said this evening when it comes to Super Bowl 56. <laughs> Gentlemen, who do we have winning the game? 27-20 Chiefs. 28-16 Eagles because of my intense hatred of the Chiefs. Now, why, before I give mine, why do you hate the Chiefs? We never really ex explained that on the show. They made a power move for the city of St. Louis that, at least for me, backfired on them. Because they voted in favor of the Rams moving, thinking that all the st louis fans would jump mm. over and i'm not one that did so screw that team <laughs> well with that it is uh i mean i can understand that um so when i look at it this is gonna be a close i feel like this will be a close super bowl um but i also think it's gonna be high scoring now we do have and i want to put them back on air for those that had shown them um, Eddie Jameson put on his 45 to 42 Chiefs prediction. And then James came on and put his as 38-35 Eagles. I'm going with 38 to 34 in favor. Of the Chiefs Kingdom, baby. Eh. <laughs> no accounting for taste. There we go. I'll take it. We're going with the Chiefs Kingdom 30, uh, 38-34. It's going to be a close game and a lot of back-and-forth action. And to throw in a bonus question, guys, before we wrap up this evening. And, folks, be sure to comment and let us know what you think the outcome of the Super Bowl is going to uh, be. Th this I just have to ask. 
What y'all think? Oh yeah, there you go. I love it. Um, oh, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Oh no, oh no, <laughs> not Dwayne Bow. Oh, uh... no. Okay, I I have to ask, what y'all thinking about Rihanna doing halftime show? I, I'm just excited to see who's gonna go with her. Um, oh, not a big Rihanna fan, so you know. <laughs> this is the amount of f's I give about that zero. I <laughs> and no, no disrespect to Rihanna, amazing performer. I, I just don't care about the halftime show. And the last side note, you know what I'm saying? I'm always going to be a Paul Pierce fan. Shout to the truth, but congratulations to LeBron. Okay. <laughs> well, before we wrap up, I'm gonna. I just want to thank uh, Andrew for being on this evening. And giving all this inside input, yeah, I know. For and for praising LeBron for once, I know he's gonna go uh, take some medicine to rid that from his system afterwards. (laughs) Um, and I know I'll be talking to you soon, my friend. And once Mm -hmm. again, you stay blessed and have a wonderful night. Be easy, yo. All right, man. Andrew Henson here on Roundabout Sports, folks. (sighs) Yeah, um, yeah, you don't have to lie, I know your favorite halftime show was, um, Coldplay. No, no, it was not. No, you never had a favorite halftime show. I do have one. Yeah. Okay. What? Prince. Okay. Prince was great. Playing in the pouring rain. It was fantastic. Um, sir, that would be purple rain. (laughs) But it was also actual rain. (laughs) It that it was, which you know didn't make sense. Electric guitars, purple or pouring rain. You know, it it is what it is. Um, look, the way I see it. My least favorite halftime show will forever and always be the Black Eyed Peas. I'm not going to lie. Oh, Re- no, 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 no. In no. sync of Britney Spears. No, no. Black Eyed Peas was my least favorite. I'm my not- fa- But my favorite halftime show of all time? Yeah. WWF Halftime Heat. Okay. Halftime Heat is epic. My favorite halftime show was either Bruno Mars or Paul McCartney. Either one of those. Those were great. I enjoyed both of those. Because... Um, Freaking, they are who I said they were, and they're freaking amazing. Oh God, <laughs> <laughs> they are who I said they were. Um, crown them. You got to crown their ass. Well, Chris, I want to thank you so much for being on, folks. We're gonna wrap up here on Roundabout Sports. Um, first, I want to bring up that uh, Chris, tell us a little bit about the show that you have here with us at Interstate Seventy Sports Media. So I am the host of Issues with Wrestling, and it's not your typical wrestling podcast where we talk about news and reviews and all that. We might cover that occasionally, but not often. What we do is we pick a particular topic or issue. And myself and a usually two to three guest will chop it up. Like we've talked about placement of certain wrestlers and where their legacy lies that have worked for several companies. Uh, we talked about what wrestling even is and how it's so hard to classify. And, uh, we're off this week for the Super Bowl because I'm not competing against the Super Bowl. But uh, in two weeks or a week from Sunday, we're going to have a show about lapsed fans and why wrestling has lost some fans and how they can get them back. And every week we're going to have some kind of topic and discussion about the world of wrestling. All right. I'm looking forward to it. I know I have I tuned in last week and it was great. And um, you had announced that you're – one of the top 100 wrestling podcasts on which was Apple. a very big shock to me i got that email and i'm like wait what <laughs> i think that's awesome that is really I'm, I'm amazing i'm quite proud of that fact yes um so 
with that, before we finally close, I always want to put up, folks, the um, first, James, um, this one's for you. <laughs> uh, my lovely tiger friend. I, I just have to put him up there every week because we love you, Hollywood, you know, and we're thinking of you. Folks, also, as always, we close our show by putting up the NAMI hotline, the National Alliance of Mental Illness. You can dial it at 1-800-950-NAMI. They are the largest um, not, nonprofit, uh, excuse me, they're the nation's largest grassroots mental health organization dedicating to building better lives for those with mental illnesses. Um, on top of that, folks, we also have the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. Um, you dial 988. It is open 24-7, 365, 366 on leap years. Understand that in this world, you are never alone. There is always somebody out there that loves you and cares about you. And you have the opportunity to also be that person for someone else. So never be afraid to reach out. It just takes a simple phone call. And I want to thank you all so much for tuning in this week. Um, join me next week where either Chris or another special co-host will be on. James will be on in a few weeks, folks. Um, just keep praying for him. And from... The one and only Christopher Miles. I'm the Maestro Jeremy Carp. Thank you so much. And remember, life is a book full of empty pages just waiting to be written in. Make your lives worth reading. Good night, everyone.